So welcome to The Late Late Show, everyone. I'm your host, Matt, as always, from Lakers UK. Uh, for this episode, um, I'm going to be joined by Jonathan Kernan, regular. You don't really need to be introduced to him at this point. My right-hand man here at uh, Lakers UK. Well, one of them with Colby and the other. Um, we're going to get into a mid-series review of the uh, Lakers-Rockets, well, the opening three games of that series. Um, Lakers are up 2-1. So we'll get Jonathan in now. Started. So here he is. How, how are you doing, mate? Not too much, you. Just yeah. another Lakers win. And uh, I know last time you kind of poked fun of me for not having any Lakers gear on me, but Lakers top, can't throw your bomb half, Lakers shorts, then. <laughs> uh, Lakers there we go. All stuff behind me, so no excuses this time around. Can you show everyone the blackout jersey a bit closer? Is that possible? Yeah. Look, look, look at this jersey, guys. Kobe it's Black. a blackout, blackout Kobe jersey. How how class is that to everyone that's watching on on Instagram Live or watching back on IGTV? Nice. So nice. <laughs> I'm. Second uh, came out, I was like, "Yeah, I'm copying this." There's no chance. Anyone <laughs> else is getting this? I'm repping the LeBron one today. Got LeBron. Um, yeah, nice. I like them purple ones. I haven't have I haven't had a purple one in a few years. Um, but yeah, I do like them purple ones. No, I've gone I've gone Jersey crazy the last couple of months. Like, COVID's not been going to my bank account. It's, yeah. <laughs> well, what we'll do is we'll jump into the series review. Um, so as we know, the Lakers are two one up on Houston yeah. in the series after three games. Houston took the first game. Uh, Lakers are on a two-game win streak at, yeah. at, at this point. So let's jump straight in. I'll fire it straight over to you. What What are your thoughts on the series so far? What, what have you taken away from it? It started off pretty much exactly how I think we both thought it would. I think we were a bit worried about the kind of layoff the Lakers had in the kind of like a couple of days, well, nearly the week between games, between the Houston game and the last game. But yeah, we were. I think we were a bit rusty, like where are the gate. And it really showed like, a lack of effort. Showed kind of we were getting out rebounded when we have like the likes of AD and Chevelle or Dwight on the floor. That shouldn't be the case. Like we should be dominating on the boards, and we we're just getting our ass kicked. And yeah. that was, so yeah, game one we took that loss, and I think it's well. I suppose no loss is, is good, but I think it was like kind of the punch in the mouth we needed to kind of wake up. And you could even see LeBron like as the game's like ticking over, he's kind of nodding himself, going, "Okay." Okay, this is it now. Now, now we're gonna we're gonna really play, and yeah, we brought that into game two and game three, and he's been just nothing short of dominant since. We and we've been we haven't been incredible. We've been good for the last two games. We've we've been good in spurts, but like obviously when you have players like Russell Westbrook and uh, James Harden and well, probably the best corner shooter in the world and PJ Tucker at the moment, like he he, he just seems automatic anytime he's in the corner. But yeah, it just seems like we are getting, we're starting to get into that gear. But like, it's if we do this, like, say, I'm not saying we're going to get to the next round. Like, we have a good chance, but we can't allow this to happen again in the next round. Like, a slow start could potentially kill us and give whoever we face next, like, some proper momentum, and the kind of we wouldn't be able to come back from. We're lucky that like we got we got game two and we won game three. But yeah, we we need to step it up. I think we're kind of starting to see in little increments, kind of us really kind of come good. 
Yeah, I think that's the exciting thing is like we're playing so well at the moment, but there's still that next gear that like yeah. we can jump up into uh, to be even better. And I do agree with that. That game one just completely shocked by the Rockets again, like like February the sixth, and um, on that trade deadline game, and we called it. We did a season, uh, sorry, a, a series preview, and. I wasn't expecting it to necessarily happen in the first game, but I was expecting it to happen at some point. Um, but yeah, if you go, I mean, if Lakers don't take that second game and then Houston go 2-0 up in the series, you, yeah. you're really trying to claw that back. You know what I mean? Even if you claw one or two back, they get a third win. They're within striking distance of, of knocking you out of the playoffs. So it's really important that you don't go down early on. I think against the Clippers um, in a potential Western Conference Finals matchup, you have to really be going out from the gate. Um, but yeah, I think that first game just completely, completely out of it. Um, I thought they were static on offense. I don't think they really had the offensive flow. They weren't really moving the ball and creating looks. They were trying to play Houston's game by trying to just jack up threes. And I thought on the defensive end, they were like soft doubling. So they were like, going over on the double team, but not really. It was kind of half-heartedly. They weren't going right up to the man with the hands up and putting pressure on him, mm. which I think just, you know, normally you can rotate well with that, but they weren't rotating well. Corner men were getting open. You leave Covington open. You leave Tucker open. They're probably going to drain an open three every single day of the week, let alone if you leave Harden open. Um, and yeah, I thought they were, reba- they were out-rebounded in that first game. Uh, Houston won points in the paint battle as well. That can't be happening with a bigger team, with a stronger team. LeBron had zero points in the fourth. Uh, he just didn't show up and they just completely bottled it. And then in game two, they had that lead. Fantastic first half. Third quarter collapse. Completely. I was like, oh no, here we go again. You know, here we go again. We, we, we've lost this game. And um, clamps on in the fourth, won the rebounding battle, points in the paint. Um, you know, and saw out the win. I mean, um, as a team, they shot 44% from three-point land as well in, in the game too. Um, Markeith Morris in the first quarter, absolutely unreal. He all of a sudden has now carved himself into the rotation. Um, and, and, uh, and yeah, LeBron stepped up in that fourth quarter. Fair play to him after getting zero points in, in, in game one in the fourth quarter. Um, and then game three, very close throughout, clamps on again, you know, for the third, um, uh, sorry, for the fourth. And then how many times have we seen that this season where it's kind of been a bit, they've got the lead, we've got the lead, they've got the lead, we've got the lead. And then, yeah. right, let's win this game now. And they, yeah. uh, they, they put the clamps on and they see it out. I've got some stats here, actually. They out-rebounded Houston 52-33, to 33, which is a dominance that we expect to see. Points in the paint, 56-46. Not massive, but it's still a 10-point differential. And uh, LeBron, first half, 29 points in the first half. Um, You know, I have actually here, which I will mention, uh, with Game 3 victory over the Rockets, LeBron James has now passed Derek Fisher for the most career playoff wins in NBA history with 162. Derek Fisher, like, Kareem, Magic, someone, Derek Fisher. God, that... Well, that it is crazy. He's still King James, very much. Uh, MVP, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, 
I'll hand it back over to you with the adjustments that the Lakers have made. Obviously, we've given a bit of a, what we think about the three games. But what, what do you think about from game one, where they were so, so down in the dirt and out of it, to com- complete polar opposite, isn't it? They've just shot up on a high. What, 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 what in your views, what you've been seeing, how, how, why has that been happening? What, what do you think the Lakers have done to adjust? Well, there's two things Lakers pretty much done to adjust. I think the first thing I think we spoke about initially was like this is a series where JaVale, if he plays significant minutes, is going to get exposed. He just doesn't have like the necessary foot speed to stay in front of a bunch of are basically power forwards and small forwards, and they exposed him big time in in the first game. And like for the minutes he did play, he was bullied, and it was just it was just kind of taken out of the game. And then the kind of Lakers made a kind of quick adjustments to realize, okay, Marquis Morris is going to provide us with more foot speed. He's going to be able to kind of add a bit of aggression as well because, like, he will get in your face. He will, like, play gritty, like, grimy basketball in order to kind of get his way. And it's worked great. And he's been able to space the floor as well. I think between, between games one and two, like, you're 100% correct. The Lakers really were playing the Rockets game in the, in the first game. And that was like like that was one thing we all thought was going to happen, and it was the one thing we dreaded the most is because when you play into the Rockets' hands, the Rockets are going to win that game because the Rockets know how to play that game. We're just adjusting on the fly. Like we stay, but the thing I don't think, and I, I didn't even think about myself was we can there's a, we can play a version of basketball where it is small ball. But small ball still includes having Anthony Davis and LeBron James on the floor at the same time. And that is always going to kind of treat us well. Like if we have Markeith Moore starting the center and AD at power forward and LeBron at small forward, that's still a small ball lineup. But it's still quite big. And you're not going to, like AD showed to like even to, like last night, he can guard James Harden on the perimeter. He can, mm-hmm. he can stay in front of Russell Westbrook and cause him real problems. And like a six foot, like 10, six foot 11, that is crazy that he's yeah. able to do that. And even more so, like LeBron, I was just thinking about right there. LeBron is literally the perfect person to put in. Like if he, if he was on Houston, he would be the perfect small ball person because he can play every single position in like their starting lineup and he can okay. play some more and he can, he can block shots. Like last night he had four blocks and thinking in the third, like it was crazy. But yeah, yeah we, I think, if any other team, they might have caused the, the Rockets might be able to handle easier. But with AD being so mobile, with LeBron being so kind of multi-dimensional, where he can kind of guard pretty much any position as well, that puts the Houston Rockets in like a real bind because their small ball, their idea of small ball is kind of us getting rid of AD off the floor altogether, being like he can't guard our kind of smaller players, but he can. And that's going to cause them problems all series long because AD can just shoot off the top of them all the time because he's significantly taller. Like when he gets his back to the basket and kind of gets into the paint, that's when he runs into trouble is because he's starting to, like four or five people are going to run in. But then AD's still got the wear it all to know, oh, there's four, there's probably three open guys on a good passer, I'm going to fire out to them. But yeah, it was JaVale getting exposed was a big one in game one. And I think... Fair play to Frank Vogel. He made the adjustments that like he really needed to. And he did great. Um, another one, like, oh, God, I can't believe I say this. Rondo. 
Rondo has been amazing since they can yep. rusty in the first game. We'll, what we'll do is we'll we'll get onto Rondo properly. So if you give like a little bit of an overview of the adjustment, and then we'll move on to Rondo as a complete segment. Four words: playoff Rondo is real. <laughs> That's true. Is, is that your overview? <laughs> Real, like I, I was the ultimate person saying, like, no, Rondo is just, he's washed. But it's, it generally seems like he's more, he is a postseason player. It seems like the last, like, the, I, can't, I really can't believe I'm saying this because I, I, I disliked the guy the entire season. But maybe it was like an 82 game preseason for him in order to, in order to kind of really kind of, find himself in the off-season, and it's worked. It's worked great. Yeah. yeah. Well, like I said, we're going to get into Rondo in, in much more depth shortly. Uh, we got a comment from Cole here in the live stream that said, JaVale is played off the floor by our defensive scheme if we want to switch as much as we have been, which is true, especially when you're facing a team as quick and dynamic as the Rockets. Uh, I just don't think JaVale really has... Um, a place on the floor. Unfortunately, he has been ruled out due to injury rather than being taken out of the lineup. So hopefully he's back healthy soon because, you know, when we get back to, um, well, hopefully if we, put, we go through in the series uh, and then we face the Clippers and, well, probably most likely the Clippers and then whoever in the finals, uh, McGee will be a big part of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of um, adjustments, I think in the preview, I said that it, the, we need to not adjust to Houston's game. And I said it at the time, that was kind of like a lie because the whole point of them beating Houston is not becoming Houston, but you still have to give in and find that hybrid of going small and being able to keep up with them. And I think that's what they've done. Um, I think they've found that hybrid where they've gone smaller, but they still have kept their team values in terms of, you know, their size, standing tall, physicality, rebounding strong, um, dominating the paint, transitioning well on both ends, everything they've been doing all season that have yeah, absolutely catapulted them to the top yeah. of the West. Um, you know, keeping the ball moving, creating looks. These are all things that we didn't see in game one, but they've adjusted since. And, they've, they, you know, they've done exactly that. I mean, in game one, they just imploded and shut off. In game two and three, they've found that hybrid where they have gone small, but they're such a physical team. They're such a tall team that even going small allows you to still dominate the way the Lakers have been dominating all season with, you know, Howard and and McGee. And I think that, you know, going small, maintaining size, obviously Markeith Morris has been a huge part of that. Um, you know, he had, he got hot in that second game in the third game. He uh, wasn't, didn't necessarily, you know, contribute as much as he did in, in that second game. But when I was looking through, he played 23 minutes and in them 23 minutes, he held a team leading 91.1 defensive rating, uh, which was by far, the best defensive rating on the team um, in players that played over 20 minutes. Cause J.R. Smith played like three minutes and he had a really good defensive rating, but that doesn't really count. Uh, Caruso was second with 104, which is still yeah, very, very good. Yeah. So um, I thought that was really in interesting when I looked into uh, the stats with, with Markeith. 
And also as well, in that first game, they were kind of half-heartedly going in to the double team. I think in second and third, they've been much more aggressive, much more aggressive. They've been closing the angle of the pass, um, especially Harden's just had to fling it up from time to time and just hope. Um, you know, especially Westbrook, sometimes been throwing it to a Lakers player or completely out of bounds, just completely panicking. So, and even when it hasn't worked, it has resulted in a few open threes, as it will when you've got Covington and Tucker in the wings. But they've rotated well defensively. You yeah. know, they've been they've been um, in sync with each other. You know, in terms of knowing where everyone's going to be. They've been spot on with that. And let's put it this way. The Lakers can adapt. Houston yeah. can't. Houston are one-dimensional. So I think moving forward, one thing which is actually really interesting, is Houston's style could advantage the Lakers. So will the Lakers adopt in the style that they've adopted to beat Houston? have an effect that Houston have been having on 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 teams all season by going small, could the Lakers now adopt that and kind of bamboozle the Clippers, bamboozle maybe an NBA Finals opponent? You know what I mean? So they could take their strategy and use it moving forward. Definitely. Like The one thing about this Lakers team is that they're, they are multidimensional. They're not like – you've you got to write – like with the second the Houston Rockets traded away Clint Capella, they <clears throat> they box themselves in into like one style of play and like they can't change. Like mm. they physically can't change what they're gonna do because they don't have the personnel to do it. If they had if they had Clint Capella and they realized, oh crap, we're getting dominated on the boards or we're allowing a lot of points in the paint or LeBron's just LeBron or AD are just killing us, they could have thrown someone like Clint Capella into the mix and maybe it would have kind of it wouldn't. They wouldn't have the same kind of floor spacing they have, but at least they'd be able to protect more at the rim. They'd be able to kind of maybe limit LeBron or AD more. But no, they've they've they kind of they're falling on their own sword at this moment in time because they've just they've really bought into the kind of small ball, micro ball kind of way of thinking. Yeah, and it's it's fair play to the Lakers for just realizing okay, we can adapt. We have the personnel to adapt across the board. We don't have to play their style of ball or we don't even have to play our style of ball like we know that ideally the Lakers want to play with two big men dominate on the boards dominate in the paint block loads of shots get the ball out in transition and kind of I have LeBron kind of bust people up into the rim or AD kind of facing up and getting some easy baskets that's the style we want to play against Houston they're going to have a lot of people down the floor really quickly because they're not Big men, like big men are kind of lumbering. They have maybe four or five people down the floor by the time we kind of get to half court. So it makes it a lot, a lot more difficult. But yeah, I think you might be right. There's definitely room for us to kind of implement this style against whoever we play in the next round or potentially in the NBA finals. Mm-hmm. We have, we just, at least this series will teach us that we are kind of, we're not just a two big man team where we kind of bully ball people with uh, like two bigs. We can go small ball we can kind of wherever you kind of throw at us we can we can beat but I think if we went against the Clippers I think I'd go back to what um, we did in the last series stay big because they do have a zoom box and they do have Montrezl Harrell but that's pretty much it who they have and you can bully them you can bully them like AD is going to maul 
Zubac in the paint. Like he's gonna like I love I love Rita Zubac, but he is gonna get his ass kicked. Yeah. By, I, I guarantee you by if we do play the Cel- the Celtics, if we do play the Clippers in like game two or game three, you can expect that Zubats is going to be sitting because there's no way, and yeah. we're going to keep him in the series because AD's just going to eat him alive, and even LeBron's going to eat him alive. And the, I mean, it, with AD with Zubats is like he he will e- easily bully him and send him into foul trouble, and the same with Howell is like they'll just bully him, get into their face, and you know, you get them in the foul trouble early. Yeah. You know, they're they're forced out of the game. Yeah. You know, and then they might bring, could, could bring in like joking. No, again, we're just going to get them in foul trouble. Yeah, yeah. The Clippers, if we do go well, we'll go back to kind of the, the Houston series, but if we do play the the Clippers in the next round, the Clippers' best chance will they obviously have Kawhi and Paul George, and if they play great, it's going to be a really difficult series. But they're going to get like some have Marcus Morris and Joe Kino and try and punch us in the mouth again. And mm-hmm. just try and get us off our game and try and frustrate us. Kind of like the way the Indiana Pacers did against like the LeBron Miami team when he kind of just got really in their face and frustrated them. That's what they're going to try and do. But with the Rockets, the Rockets just have to kind of continue playing the way they're playing. We, we've, we've kind of figured out and kind of been a bit more disciplined in the last two games by we're doubling... Um, we're doubling Harden on the perimeter, making sure he's not getting into the paint too much, kind of blocking him off. And if you do, we have AD in the paint, kind of ready to kind of find him there. And we're, well, Russell Westbrook had a pretty good, they had a good game this game, like kind of game with points. But I'm happy with him getting them shots. Like ideally, I don't want him to get into the mid range where he can kind of be more effective. But I'd which, love- he, which he could have done. He yeah. could have done. He, he's there. He's being left out on the perimeter by. I've seen a picture, and there's a picture like of him covering the majority of the paint. You know, you know, yeah. and um, no one around him. No one's in the picture at all. Mm. And all he needs to do is, like Rondo, which we'll get onto in a moment, step in a few and take the mid-range jumper. But he done. Yeah. He done. He just jacks up the three. But that, I'm, I'm perfectly happy with him doing <laughs> so much. I'd, I'd rather disrespect him and just literally like turn my back to him when he's shooting threes. Obviously, he wouldn't do that. He'd be that disrespectful. But the one thing he's he like, especially at the start of the game, he was stepping into the kind of the mid range and kind of banking like banking shots off if, off the board and, and in. I if you're if you're gonna play him like one on one, get right right into his chest and force him to shoot the ball from outside. Don't allow him to get into the mid-range because if he does, he has a good chance of getting that basket. And But then you risk the chance of him kind of blowing by you and getting into the paint. But then again, you have AD in the paint who's going to try yeah. and stop him. But yeah, I'd much, I'd much rather kind of focus my attention on the likes of James Harden, kind of doubling him, make him throw the ball away to another player. We can live with that. We can live yeah. with AJ Booker kind of getting... Just rotate, rotate, rotate. Yeah. We can live with that, I and mean, we have the enough kind of discipline on defense where we can rotate out to the player and kind of get a, like a hand in their face. If they make the shot, they make the shot. But we'd rather yeah. them make the shot than James Harden get like lightning, get, get like burning hot, and then killing us. Yeah, I think um, what we'll do is just rounding up this before we move on to Rondo. Is uh, you know the Rockets actually when looking at the stats in game two they shot forty four point four percent from three-point range. Obviously fantastic. Yeah. In game three, they shot 40%. Yeah. 
and they're not winning these games. Like that's ridiculous. That just goes to show that they're so so dependent on that on that three point game. You know the amount of shots they're taking from three. Like obviously, the majority of nearly half of their entire shots. You know, I think just let them do that. You know, we don't need to do that. Just keep racking up them points in the paint. You know, it's a chess match. You know, a game isn't won in the first quarter or the second quarter. You have to go right up until the end. So, yeah, that's 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 crazy just seeing that. But what we'll do is we'll move on to Rondo. Just before that, um, yeah, we kind of started last night. Do you know how much Russell Westbrook accounts for um, the percentage of mid-range shots for the Rockets like the entire season? How much? Seventy-five percent. Seventy-five <laughs> percent of the mid-range shots taken by the Houston Rockets during the season were by Russell Westbrook. Wow! They either get to the free throw line, they dunk the ball, or they shoot threes. They don't do anything else, and that makes them incredibly predictable when it comes yeah. to anything else. Yeah, I think the mid-range is is outdated now, but it's still very, very, yeah. very important. Um, so yeah, Rondo, playoff Rondo, right? Uh. Don't know where to start here. Do we issue a formal apology? Um, right, yeah, I think I, I think I'm going to. I'm going to do it on air. So I, you know, Matthew Evans for my full name, uh, would like to issue a you know formal apology to uh, Rajon Rondo that I completely uh, you know underestimated. I uh, didn't think he would really have a role on this team at all in the playoffs. I would rather. I did say uh, publicly that I would rather him, uh, you know, sit out for the entire postseason. And now he is nearly single-handedly winning games for us. <laughs> so I, you know, I man up. You know, I'll take it on the chin. I do apologise. Um, playoff Rondo's in the building. Then words like daggers on my chest. Just every single word is just like twisting in the night. <laughs> positive, I, positive, positive. I have to be no, I have to agree. Like Rondo's been I can't get the words out. I feel like physically sick, ain't it? <laughs> Rondo, Rondo's been amazing. <laughs> this like twenty one points might rebalance this game. Like it I physically feel sick saying that, like but Rondo's That's crazy. Been, that's crazy like the third man the third scorer Rondo like wow like playoff Rondo isn't a myth it's real like I mean I think we knew it were real but like from the past but it's still here Santa Claus like he's real (laughs) the the thing is is like what people have to well I spent a little bit high pitch then um what people have to like like I mean, I'll, I'll start with something else. <laughs> this is really bad because we were just praising him. Rondo's been bad all season. Let's not forget that. And because he's been bad all season, there's no harm in criticizing someone when they're bad. Yeah. You, you, you say it as you see it. For example, Danny Green right now. You know, just because someone comes good, you don't need to sit there and say, I was there day one, I was day one Rondo, whatever. It doesn't matter. If players don't play well, they'll get called out for it and they'll get criticised, as was Rondo. You described it as being a 82-game preseason for him. You know, whatever it was, he wasn't playing well. So you criticise him. Now he's playing well, obviously, 
you own up whether you were uh, you know underestimated him like us or you were uh, you know and you can you can actively you know praise him because he's playing well you know what i mean so i don't really see what all this is being like oh i was day one rondo no, no one was everyone was criticizing him in the season you've been on lakers twitter you know what i mean you've been on instagram everyone was criticizing him but just game, game two looking at game two i'm just pulling it up now so in game two um Let's quickly get it. He didn't actually play, like, Unreal. Um, but he had that, like, plus 28 when he was on the court. He just had that effect within the team, didn't yeah. he? You know, I mean, I'll let you explain it in a second what you think that might be down to. He didn't shoot incredibly well. Um, but, you know, he had nine rebounds, ten points. You know, really did step up when, oh, when it mattered. Yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, I mean, we'll start with, with game two. So, yeah, just really stepped up. I thought, like statistically he wasn't unreal uh, but he just really fed into that team you know extra pass you know really was the facilitator the ball handler you know really it really did click with him on the court and I didn't see it coming yeah I just think like okay I will say this I'm sorry Rajon Rondo you're playing brilliantly so I apologise John McKernan apologises to you directly I'm getting out of the way so I don't have to say it again like he's uh, gonna hear it. <laughs> Rondo's watching this live stream right now. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's just I think actually Cole says it perfectly in like in the in the comment section. Vogel is absolutely one hundred percent putting him in the right lineups. Like he's putting him in a position to to succeed, which is like obviously you should be doing that for every player. But he's he's kind of putting him in lineups when like even when like LeBron is resting. He's given him a chance to kind of be the focal point of the offense. Obviously, not by in a scoring way, but be the focal point of getting everyone else involved. And the one thing that Rondo's done, he's, he's, he's done it in increments. He has done it a few times this series already, but he's not holding on to the ball as long as he usually does. He's not bouncing the ball six, seven, eight yep. into home, killing the ball, killing kind of the vibe of the offense. He's getting people involved. He's making the kind of cross-court passes to Kuz. He's... Um, kind of allowing AD to roll to the rim and kind of get him an easy alley-oop. He's getting the ball like open to Marquise Morris for an open three. He's just doing the right things. Like That's all we wanted from Rondo in the first place. We didn't want him killing the ball. We didn't want him thinking like he's going to be one of the most important players in the floor, which to an extent he is now. But he's just bought into his role in the offense. He's been probably being told, right, we're going to put you in these specific lineups mainly when LeBron is off the floor, so we have a playmaker to kind of continue with the continue with the, to kind of getting the second unit going. And it's what we've needed all season. Yeah. And one really important thing I've noticed and if uh it's kind of a good comparison to make, Rondo has, has decent kind of like straight line speed. And I think he's noticed what like the likes of Dennis Schroeder and Shea Gillis, Alexander have been able to do in the last series where they just basically dart to the rim and it's hard for them to kind of stop him. And he's just, that's what he did over and over in, in this game was just straight, straight kind of beeline to the rim and kind of mm -hmm. gotten the ball up before any of the other players can make an, kind of an adjustment. And it's exposed, yeah. it exposed the Houston Rockets and has led Ronald to like 21 points. Like I never, 
would have thought Rondo would have scored 21 points in the playoff game for the Lakers. Maybe like potentially 21 assists if he was playing amazing. But it's just... Uh, this is all we ever wanted from Rajon Rondo is to carry, pretty much carry the second unit, allow us mm-hmm. to continue kind of make getting easy shots, getting players easy shots, and occasionally for him to like lay up, make a few layups and maybe a three pointer if he hits it. But yeah, he's yeah. just oh, it's it's kind of it's really frustrating. <laughs> I, I, I think that um, it's great. You know, it's absolutely fantastic. You know, to have a player, it's like a new a new acquisition to the team like out of nowhere like you know in the fourth quarter alone he had 12 points five assists he shot four and five from the field he hit two big big three pointers majority of that done when when obviously watching the game was actually done in the opening six minutes of the quarter you know the remainder of the quarter like statistically you know, all of that that I just mentioned was done in the opening six minutes, which was incredible. Yeah. You know, and um, I think just to be honest with you, at times he just, in throughout the make of the season, he just looked lackluster. Like he didn't look like he was really putting in the effort. Didn't look like he cared. And now, like, obviously there's a lot more to it, but he just looks like he cares. He's locked in. The, the general efforts there. If that outside shooting gets going, which we don't need, we don't need him to score 21 points every every game you know that's fantastic if he does but it's not necessarily needed but if that outside shooting comes like that's huge like that is absolutely massive and you know we'll keep going here because we've got a few more to go through and in that fourth quarter another player who played the entire quarter um the only other player to play that entire quarter was uh uh this was in game three was carl kuzma um, he's been absolutely fantastic. Yeah. In this series, in the last series, in the bubble, he's been absolutely fantastic. Uh, in the fourth quarter of game three, he had eight points, three rebounds, one block. He shot um, four and five from the field as well. Uh, you know, really, really, um, you know, efficient ever since he's uh, he's been in the bubble. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll kind of lead off with Kuzma. You know, there's it, just the general effort and the understanding of being being a star in his role is kind of the saying of the season isn't it and he just really is locked in there you know the first few seasons is with the Lakers he was really a a scoring punch he was really what was supposed to be the third guy uh, the third scorer but unfortunately that hasn't happened you know it's more than welcome to happen but I think he's kind of forged a role for himself that isn't that and in that second game, one thing which I did spot was just his general effort to get in the paint to grab the offensive rebound. He had four offensive rebounds. You know, getting in front of his man, anticipating the miss, that might be wasted time. You know, the player might not miss. There's yeah. no point in even doing that. Uh, well, obviously, there is a point in doing it, but he doesn't need to. But he's there, he's ante- anticipating the miss. He's kind of looking ahead uh, how the game can unfold, really mature mindset he's 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 uh he's adopted now and you know he's cutting in to not necessarily get the ball um but he's doing it for the re- the rebound he's doing it to create space for others you know he's, he's a team player in the past he'd be cutting to receive the ball and then when he didn't receive the ball he'd be in a huff you know what i mean he'd be in a huff oh, why have i got the ball he understands he's doing things that affects the team on a, on a deeper level. And 
he's just he's 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 mature. He's mature, and the efforts there in game three when the ball was going out of, out of play, you know, there's a full court sprint to try and save it. That just reiterates everything I've just said about Kuzma. He's been absolutely yeah. fantastic. I just Kuzma is like I think the one that it's it's so important to kind of use. The Lakers are an experienced team. That they've got an awful lot of veterans on the floor. Like he's one of the few young, young guys. Like obviously you have like Tenhorn, Tucker, and Costas, but they have them two guys weren't going to play much this series or much this kind of playoffs. But you need to kind of really use his young legs during this period of time. Really kind of not run run them run them into the ground is the wrong word, but just run the legs off and use what he has. And he's just been great. He's been brilliant. You're completely right. He's playing the correct role that it was like he was unfairly put in a position where he was told, or not told, kind of the media told him, You're our third star. We didn't get Kawhi. We didn't get Kyrie. We didn't get KD. We didn't even get D'Angelo. So you're our guy. And you're asking a third year guy who was maybe, but potentially not ready for it to kind of really step into this role and really be that important kind of third star. And to a certain extent, he wasn't, he's not, he's still not ready for it, but he's at least now he's understood. I can do what I can do. And I think I can do it well. I can come off the bench, provide a lot of energy. And um, I can get some easy buckets. Like I'm, I'm a talented scorer. I can do this. No problem. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll win a ring doing it. Yeah. A hundred percent. And he just, he just realized, I think he just, he was probably sat down and said, Kuz, you're not ready for to be that star yet. But what you can do for us is work your ass off every single time you're on the court. Try and go for rebounds. Try and kind of, and his it's defense has been ridiculously good uh, this um, this playoffs. Like that's, that's the one thing we never expected from him. We expected Kuz just to be kind of like, an offensive-minded shooter, kind of, but no, he's 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 put in the work. All of the praise he was given by his like his teammates and like Boogie Cousin says that Kuz is going to be a problem. He's right because Kuz is putting in the time and effort to kind of get better, to really kind of perfect his game. And maybe he maybe he might not be the kind of the third star for the Lakers, and maybe he might go elsewhere and be like Brandon Ingram, and kind of become a star elsewhere, like. It's very possible he could be a star elsewhere. It's possible he could be a star here. But at least Kuz understands now, okay, if I play this role, there's a good chance we could win a ring. And he's doing exactly that. If I would, I'd still like 14 points this game, which is, isn't bad. I'd like to see him score a bit more. And I think I think he only took two shots from three and missed them both. I think one of them was like a buzzer beater as well. But we need him to get a little bit more because the one concern I have about this series is that if LeBron and AD aren't playing well, we're in a bit of trouble because we can't expect them to score 36, 26 every night and AD to grab 15 rebounds and LeBron to get seven rebounds and uh, AD to grab six assists. Like we need a third or fourth person to stand up. And in this game, it was, uh, it was Rondo. But if Kuzma really wants to kind of put himself head and shoulders above going forward, this kind of off-season is going to be important for him to kind of obviously focus on the defensive end, which has been doing great, but he needs to kind of be a potential 20-point scorer again going in, like going into the rest of the series because the likes of Kawhi in the next, in the next series could cause 
could lock up, there's a real chance he could lock up LeBron. And that means AD is going to kind of have to focus on being the main scorer. And if that's the case, then you have potentially like a down put, uh, like a down, down put fall for LeBron. Yeah. And you need someone to step up. And Kuz is going to need, need to be that guy if we want to win this ring. Well, he'll be one of the options, yeah. I mean, we've seen Morris step up in game two. Yeah. You know, obviously we've seen um, uh, Waiters, obviously has had an injury, but he hasn't really played much. You know, there's J.R. Smith lurking in the wings, not to mention um, KCP. Um, and obviously I will say that Danny Green is struggling, but he's a big shot type of guy. Like he will... He will he, no, but he, strugg- he struggles throughout his career in the playoffs, really. But, like, he's the type of person that, like, if there is a big shot, it really wouldn't surprise me to just see him drain it, you know. And uh, hopefully he does get back to the rhythm, but having a player of that quality just in the wings, waiting to heat up at the moment he isn't necessarily even needed, um, yeah. you know, is, is huge. And we'll round this up, and what we'll do is we won't t- spend too much time on them because – there's, everyone knows you can't speak enough about these two, but we'll speak about LeBron and AD. You did briefly mention them there. And, um, you know, when you bring up, uh, we'll start with, uh, with um, LeBron. So, so far in, in the postseason through eight games, he's averaging 27.6 points, uh, 57.8% shooting from the field, which I believe is the second highest in the entire playoffs of the active players remaining. Yeah. Uh, AD is actually top. Um, you know, 9.6 rebounds, 9 assists, 1.4 steals, 1.3 blocks. You know, I don't really need to say much more. Uh, 35 years old, 17th season. He is playing at a go level. He Third. should he should not be able to do this at 35. And like, should be declining. And even in the last game where he, I think he went for a block, his armpit was nearly at the rim. You're like, you're just like, what? Like, uh, on a, his head was at the rim, wasn't oh, sorry, it? His head was at the rim, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, it was his armpit because he was going off to block like that. But yeah, crazy, like, man. What's going on? Like, this is like, if he wins, and I won't get this discussion going, it's, that's for another day. When like, he wins MVP, is he the goal? <laughs> You're not. No, you're right. We're not getting into the conversation right now. But we'll leave it as it makes you think. Oh, uh, he's just. It definitely makes you think. And like, LeBron has just been supreme this series. Yeah. He's I'm just. Sure. He's just. There's. There's like a genuine struggle for words to say how good he's been. Like mm-hmm. the four blocks. Like he looked like. Prime. Four blocks in the third quarter. Third quarter. He looked like prime yeah. LeBron. And he was pinning every single one of them to the backboard. Every single one of them. Yeah. It, wasn't kind it, was of like, like, it wasn't like he got... It was a, like Ig- Ig- Igadala style in the uh, finals. Yeah. He just absolutely slammed it to the backboard. And the great thing about them blocks as well, that's demoralizing. Like, you think, like he's doing this likes of Russell Westbrook and James Harden and PJ Tucker. And like you think they're thinking, oh, I'm one of the best players in the world. And then, bang, he's pinning your shot to the backboard. And you're like, oh, it's hard but, but even if he isn't, when you've seen him doing it in the game and yeah. you're like running down the court, you know, you want to go for the layup or whatever you want to do yeah. and you know he's behind you, even if he isn't going to get that block, you, you, you makes you think and players are going to be on edge. You know what I mean? Like, That's and, and not to mention, if it isn't, a, if it isn't LeBron getting the, the block, 
the majority of players on the team are capable of doing the same thing. Well, LeBron, been absolutely incredible. And yeah. like, at 35, he shouldn't be able to do this, but like, takes unbelievable care of his body, makes sure like he's prepped for the pre like for the postseason. And yeah. obviously, um, the time off with because of COVID, it's definitely helped him. Like he's much fresher, and even with the even with the kind of the timeouts and the challenges that they give you an additional minutes to sit down and relax. Like LeBron is going to use every second of them minutes just to kind of get himself kind of back to kind of as healthy, not as healthy as kind of his breath back and just go right back at them again. Yeah, refuel. Yeah, 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 incredible. Because I think, um, you know, them them blocks on Westbrook, man, like inject them into my veins. Like, oh, I love seeing them. Like, what? He averages one a game. It should be like a stat by itself in this series. Um, And uh, let's move on to AD. As we round this up, uh, we'll kind of go through a little bit quicker. Obviously, he hasn't played a lot of playoff games throughout his career because he's been playing for the Pelicans, to be quite frank. Um, but in eight games, uh, averaging 10.8 rebounds, impressively, four assists. He's been sharing the ball very well. Uh, 1.4 steals, 1.5 blocks, shooting 59.9%. As I said, uh, that's leading playoffs, uh, leading the active players in yeah. the playoffs. Um, and I didn't know this, and I don't think a lot of people are really paying a lot of attention to it. He's shooting 42.9% from three-point land. And when I saw that, I was like, I had to look at it twice. I didn't realize, but that is incredible. Um, He's so fluid at six foot ten. He moves like, he's like a six foot ten wing. Yeah. That's a big, that moves like a guard. It's really weird. It's really strange to see. Yeah. it's fantastic to see. Uh, he made, he's, made in the, he's made a point to attack the paint. You know, he's not really having a lot of three-point. He's averaging uh, on the playoff site 2.4 attempts per game. But I, I haven't got it up here, but I bet in the Houston series that has dropped because he's really making the effort to play on the inside. You know, when that paint is blocked or he's double team, he's just pulling up and hitting them mid-range jumpers. And he's been absolutely money for mid-range. He's just... Because he can just see right over them. And then... When the paint is clogged, like we said, with the four assists per game, he's whipping them out. He's finding the open man. Uh, he's been absolutely fantastic, as oh. expected. But yeah, still surprises me. Even like today, there's like you expect with AD potentially since he's he's been to the playoffs, but he wouldn't. He's not that experienced in the playoffs. But even mm. points in the game, fifteen games. Yeah, like not 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 terrible, not bad, not great either. But you can see the kind of glint in his eye that he's just like kind of real determination, real kind of focused. Because there's some super, like there are superstars in this league who can, who are the best kind of uh, regular season guy who are lighting it up, and then the second like the the shot, the like the brightest lights hit them, they fall apart. Like Paul George, to a certain extent, has, has been the the poster boy for this, and especially. In the in the first round series, like he's falling apart, and he's gone a bit better in this series now. But yeah, he was supposed to boy for it. But AD is the complete opposite. He just stepping up at a completely another level. Just realizing mm-hmm. this is a I have a real chance to win a ring here, and if I'm not doing everything I can to kind of put us in the best position to win, then like I can. He, he seems like the player. Like if they lose a game, he he's the person that thinks he lost the game for them. Yeah. 
that's the kind of superstar you want. Someone who kind of is able to hold the responsibility on their shoulders, yeah, take accountability. Yeah. Plenty of accountability and to say, right, this not happen next game. I'm going to dominate next game. And it seems like he, he keeps finding ways to kind of improve. Like the assists, the six assists last night is just ridiculous. Like you never expect that from like a, like a power forward or a center, like or maybe Nikola Jokic. But he not even need to be doing it. He doesn't need That's to be doing it. I think you covered the only criticism I have of him. Like if he's, he's, sometimes he's a bit too uh, happy to kind of have his back to the basket. He did it like loads in the first quarter. And like he, I think he made one of four shots, like one or one, maybe one of three. Um, he had his back to the basket and just was kind of fading away. I was like, you don't need to do that. You can bully every single person on that court. There's not yeah. one player who spin round, spin round, and face them. Yeah, yeah, or even just put your your shoulder into their chest. There's not one player on the Houston Rockets who is physically capable of like stopping them. Maybe two of mm-hmm. the pro two or three guys. And again, you like he does what he does. He shoots that ball right to the open man, and hopefully they can make like the open shot. But yeah, but other than that, he's just been incredible. And it, I think more than anything, watching him this series, especially if like if he, if he does re-sign him and if LeBron eventually does retire, it gives us a lot more confidence that we're going to be okay long term. Because at points during the regular season, like he's playing amazing and he's dominant. But there's times where he was really quiet and you're kind of like, Ooh, we don't know if we can bet on them long term. But now we know for a fact, like when the, the lights are the brightest, this is when AD shows up, like 26.6 assists, 15 rebounds. Like that, I and mean, the thing is, you look at that stat line and none of it is, is surprising. None of, none of it's like, oh shit, he, oh sorry, I mean the curse. Here, no. No. None, none of it's like, oh, 15 rebounds, that's amazing, or six assists, that's amazing, or 26 points, that's amazing. All of that just seems like, yeah, that's what AD does. Yeah, yeah we're just play. growing immune to it at this point. Yeah, he can do it every game, and he can play 39 minutes, or if you ask him to play the full 48, he seems like he has the fitness to do it. Like, he's that type of guy, like, he's he's putting up, like, Shaq-level numbers. He's not Shaq. Like, he's not so physically dominant where... It's impo- physically impossible to stop him when you put any player put on. But he's he's a modern day kind of Shaq in terms of what he can do. He can grab re- rebounds at a ridiculous rate. He can block shots at a ridiculous rate. He can do pretty much everything. And he's the perfect modern day big man. And just a bit, like hey, we do, we do talk a lot about um, like Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram missing all the kind of the young court. That was a kind of kind of a good punch when we had to hand over all them guys. But watching AD, especially in these playoffs, makes it all worth it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And what we'll do is we'll wrap it up there, and uh, we will be doing a uh, season re- uh, series review of the of all the games. Um, so yeah, um, thanks for jumping on again. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want to let people know where they can find you? They probably know by now, but do you want to just quickly shout that out before we wrap this up? Yeah, no worries. You can find me on Twitter at Jonathan K NBA. J O N A T H A N K N B A. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, speak to you soon for sure. And um, to everyone that's joined us, whether it's on Instagram Live, whether it's on IGTV watching back, whether it's on the podcast platforms, YouTube, whatever, thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to tell some of your Laker friends about it. Try and get as many people on here as possible. Uh, you can find the Late Late Show on all major podcast platforms as well. 
um, you know, please follow where pos- possible. Try and push it as much as possible. It would be much appreciated. Follow Lakers UK over on Twitter and Instagram under LA Lakers UK. Check out the website, lakersuk.com. And we'll catch you all next time.